Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! This is Amanda Celine Miller, the voice of Boruto and Sailor Jupiter, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time for your Talk Time Live exclusive. You are now about to witness the strength of geek knowledge. Ladies and gentlemen, on the show with me right now is David D'Angelo of Yacht Club Games. If you recognize the name of that company, then you may recognize one of the most popular games that they've ever come up with, and that is the Shovel Knight series. But now they're trying to why you again with the upcoming ninja-based 2D action side-scroller called Cyber Shadow. If you haven't seen the trailer, go out of your way to see it. It looks awesome, especially if you're a Ninja Gaiden fan of old. And uh, we're here to talk about that and much more. David, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh, no, it's my pleasure, actually. I mean, I've, I've been a big fan of you guys. Uh, Shovel Knights is just ridiculously fun. It's ultra-popular at this point in time. And uh I'm eager to talk about this new game that you guys are coming out, but I also want to talk about other things involving Yacht Club Games and just much more. So, um, so Yacht Club Games, is it still consist of like five people at this time? Oh, oh no, not anymore. No, not <laughs> no. anymore. You guys have grown exponentially. We're about, I take it. We're about 15 or so strong at this awesome. point. Uh, you know, we're growing every year. We're growing. Uh, I think we still have a very small mentality uh, where everyone's doing everything and yeah. uh, we're, working really hard to do way more than we can chew <laughs> but uh, yeah uh, yeah we're a little bigger now so uh, what it, what's different now than when you guys started like what what uh you have 15 from you have like from 5 to 15 now so you're like about three times as much the power that you guys used to be what was needed now that in order to do more of what you want for us well well i mean there's a lot of reasons we uh, uh we like we wanted to have i mean we just when we built the original game with five people we we crunched every day every hour of the day for 18 months so just having the little flexibility to be like oh we can make games at the same pace but not have to kill ourselves because we have more people um i think there was uh you know we did want to do more than we were doing previously which and you know we were working way too hard uh Uh (laughs) uh, spreading out that workload and just things that like you know, we didn't want to spend, you know, every person was doing more than they really wanted to do or in topics they didn't really want to do. Right. Like uh, from like business stuff to marketing, uh, you know, running like social media. It's like we we're trying to bring on people to handle that kind of stuff as much as possible so we could focus like really corely on the game development. Very smart. I mean, as a as a graphic designer myself and I've learned this growing uh, going throughout the years. It's one of those things like you just want to do the art. 
and yeah. all of that outside stuff, the the promoting, the taxes, the accounting stuff, <laughs> you want to leave that to other people. So it's it's inevitable that as you grow, you do have to extend your hand out to other people and, and trustworthy people. So that's awesome that you guys are at this level right now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's been it's been great that we can we can do more without still killing ourselves in the same way. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I've talked to a lot of uh, indie developers, you know, on this show, uh, really great talented people like yourselves. And the story that I always get from a lot of them is that you that they were once former developers of many of major companies and wanted to branch out to sake for the sake of their own creative freedom. Is that the same story with the origin of Yacht Club games? Uh, the, like the core of us, we came from a company called Way Forward. Who yes. They uh, license games for the most part. Ashanti and uh, DuckTales and... Uh, yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we, I, I worked on DuckTales. I worked... We, uh, You're yeah, my so, hero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some of us worked on, like, uh, Double Dragon Neon and Blood yeah. Rain Betrayal and... Uh, Contra 4 and uh, but you know some people worked on Barbie here too <laughs> like, they're li- it's all over the place because uh, they're, they're the kind of company that just did you know uh, whatever whatever yeah. that work they could get at the time mm-hmm. um, so yeah we I guess we we were more interested in branching out because the way WayForward worked is they sort of they had like five games going at any given time and whenever project finished, you were all sort of like dispersed to whoever needed help the most. Right. Uh, and we had worked sort of on a team together. Double Dragon Neon was the last game we made together at Way Forward, and we thought we gelled really nicely to the, the you know, uh, uh, and we wanted to keep making games together, and we just realized it wasn't possible at Way Forward that we'd be split up. Yeah. Uh, so the main reason was just that we wanted to keep working together. That's actually uh, that's a, that's a new story, and it, it makes sense if you have a chemistry like that. You don't want to mess that up. You, I mean, that type of magic only comes by every certain time, or so often. Yeah, and we just realized like we got better making games. The more we made games together, right? We like learned each other's like pros and cons, and etc. And got uh, like part of making a game. I think is making a good team yeah. to make a game and at way forward it just felt like you could never grow as a team uh so yeah that's what we wanted to try out that's why we made shovel it right so it's obvious no 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 secret here you guys are fans of retro games <laughs> in particular <Yes>. 8-bit 16-bit <laughs> games you know no surprise and you and you guys are the saviors of that type of art form and genre you know what was some of the games that you actually loved growing up well, I would I would first say I don't know about we didn't save anything, but uh, but if we helped bring a little more attention to it, that's great. Uh, but yeah, my favorite uh, games growing up, I, I mean Mario Three is a huge one for me. Uh, Mega Man, Castlevania. I mean, basically all those like big core tentpole franchises from all the you know NES or Super Nintendo era games. Uh, is what I grew up playing and uh, really fell in love with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I, I love everything. I mean, Shovel Knight even pulls... We pull in a lot of, uh, you know, game design knowledge from the present to the past. 
Yeah. Well, I, honestly, I I disagree with you humbly, um, as humble as you're being right now. But you and I'm not just not just Yacht Club Games itself, but just a whole slew of different companies that are coming out with these indie titles. Uh, NT Creates is another one that I would put out there too. I mean, that just keeping alive what could have been a lost art. And yeah, yeah. really breathe in some new life into it because we have new advancements and everything now. And, you know, it's really awesome that you guys are doing it. And, again, it really proves a lot because Shovel Knights is like the new modern era old school classic now. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, but um, the obvious, you know, the, one of the questions that I do have, too, is that let's talk about this latest game that you guys have out uh, that will be coming out soon to multiple platforms. Near, literally a platform near you <laughs> in this case yeah. cyber shadow which i believe you guys premiered that right after the nintendo showcase if i'm correct uh, yeah we just we showed it off at pax which was last week yeah <laughs> um so we showed it off uh, i think we revealed it like the day before the uh, convention started yeah uh, it i it blew, just looking at it, it blew me away i was like oh my goodness this is the ninja guy in game i probably am looking forward to for a long time <laughs> Yeah, I hope so. That's that's what we're trying to do. I mean, obviously, it's taken from that from the original NES series that people love so much. And, and trust me when I tell you, I still got people on social media still talking about those games and that particular game. But this looks like it's just a upgrade. A the answer that I, I just feel like watching it. It was the answer to a lot of things that was possibly or possibly missing from that original game back then probably because they couldn't we weren't able to do it but you guys are doing now can you actually tell our listeners about this exciting new game and what should we what are we prepared for uh well if you i mean grew up or you know ever played or you like <laughs> maybe maybe you're curious about yeah ninja gaiden uh games in general i would say that was that's the main inspiration yeah. uh just in terms of the skills and the action and the platforming of that uh, of those series of games, the the 2D platforming ones, uh, and then but we're I, I think uh, Arn, who's the uh, main developer on it, is he's really focused on sort of like all of this like I don't know what you call them like but the like the dark visual uh, <laughs> like sort of cool, like the really cool games uh, from the NES era yeah. like and I mean the a cool meaning like they like they just like reek of being uh like it's oh like this guy's so cool he's like a you know badass playing the game yeah everything's perfect his accuracy everything uh, so yeah like games like you know the batman on the nes or those like the machines of contra like being so uh, rad or i mean really that like like that dark 80s aesthetic is i think what he was he's trying to nail and uh we're trying to like amplify as much as possible it, i mean it's, it's a really cool game it's really simple it's just like jumping and slashing and as you get further in the game you're like upgrading uh your mobility and your attack yes. uh skills and just uh it's uh like from stage to stage you're like really feeling like you're like growing in power and ability and skill and I it's uh, hearing this right now this is a, <laughs> i mean because one of the, you know i love ninja gaiden but ninja gaiden is still to this day i, I have nintendo online and even yeah. if they helped me cheat to get to the final stage it's still beating my ass so yeah ninja gaiden is a rough is a rough experience for sure i mean it was definitely like of that era yeah. i mean the, it's missing a lot of like the 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 polish and the just the like uh 
the what makes it like the like what's helping you it doesn't have anything that's like really helping you get guide you through the experience and i think that's what we're focusing on a lot is the same way we took like you know the mega man and zelda from the nes era and we sort of like mushed them together and uh, you know a bunch of other games too but like trying to make, do that same thing for shovel knight that we're like we're, oh it's like here's another like branch of the nes era this like this Ninja Gaiden and like, how can we make it nice and friendly to the modern, uh, you know, player? Oh, I, I just had this feeling like you're going to do it and you won't make it brutally hard. Hopefully. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, I, I like, yeah. What we like to say around here a lot is, uh, it will be challenging. Uh, but it, yeah, it won't be hard. I can It'll accept ch- challenging. <laughs> yeah. And cha- it's, hopefully it's like a challenge and you're overcoming it and it's fun to, you know, to learn how to, 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 to like c- conquer that challenge. Uh, but hopefully it's not like painful, <laughs> which is, what, which is what like, well, I think a lot of people associate like NES hard, you know, games with as being painful and like, Oh, that bird knocked me into the pit like 50 times in a row and I just can't take it anymore. Right. Exactly. Even if right. you do the up, up, down, down, uh, code, <laughs> right. the contra code at best. Yeah. So how long did it take this project to, uh, be developed this time around uh well arn's been working on it for uh like a decade uh since wow. the original uh his conception of it but he like really the last three years has been like his big uh push on it and then we've been on the project with him for a year uh so all, all in all it's a lot of a lot of time that we've that's been put into this game uh and hopefully it's worth it. <laughs> I, you know what? The thing, I, again, with the trailer, the thing that I liked about it, one of my favorite NES games that I don't think gets nearly enough credit because they everybody reverts to the Mega Drive or the Sega Genesis version is Strider. And I don't know if you've ever played the original NES Strider, but it had RPG elements where you can get weapons and you could get different uh accessories to do really cool things throughout the game as you're progressing along much like their recent strider game that came out years ago right and i like what i saw there not to mention he had a bike a motorcycle so (laughs) you're you're cybernetic and you have a motorcycle i mean like just how badass are you gonna be at this point so i did like that element it looks like it's gonna be a lot of replay value is gonna be played in here so i'm very excited to get my hands on this when you guys come out with it uh do you have i didn't see a due date in there so has that been uh decided yet or is it still in uh in development uh, yeah it's in development we we don't want to put a date on it unless we're sure we can hit that date 100 percent. so uh but hopefully hopefully it's sooner than later <laughs> are the odds that it will be in 2019 I'm not, I'm not putting any odds on anything. <laughs> <laughs> have me calling you back. Have me have people have me call you back. Like yeah. you know, you actually said. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, we've we've come to learn that uh, we only make we only are incorrect about when we think games will be done. Uh, but I would say like uh, a lot a lot of the game is done. It's looking really good. I think at this point, like it's just about like polishing every stage and making it perfect uh, and. Uh, but that can that can take a little amount of time or a lot of, a lot of time depending. It will never as long as it's not as long as Kingdom Hearts. I think well people will appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> but um, honestly, let's go over to the mentioned Shovel Knights because that game has uh, you know it, it really shot off to almost an astronomical 
popularity. And when it came to uh, creating those great titles like that, does it? Um, do you base it on the, the project of like how, how should I put this? Of past <laughs> games when you create stuff like that, or um, how is it that you guys are basing your game development? Is it based on games of the past, or are you trying to do something totally new, or you just, or is it that you want to have that nostalgic type of feel to the games? Uh, I think in making new games. Uh, what we're considering um i mean there's a lot a lot of elements to it but uh like f- for shovel knight we i guess i guess part of what we are trying to do as a company is like uh like lift those old gameplay like retro and classic or you know that era that like the you know the 80s and 90s era yeah um, and like let it like bring them to everyone's attention in a way that shows why they're cool and interesting while keeping them fresh and rele- you know relevant right making them and making them new again essentially um, so I think that's like a lot that's a lot of what we're trying to do as a company and uh, in doing that I think uh, what when we were making shovel Knight, what we were looking at as like wow like no one's no one's like tried to make a game that would make you fall in love with NES games. Uh, So that's what we thought. Like if we make one that looks like an NES game, that like has very few mechanics like an NES game, then we can like, not only will you understand it right away when you see it, but you'll, you'll be able to extend, you'll be able to play it and then be like, Oh, this is really fun. And you know what else must be like? This is like Mega Man. It looks just, it it's simple just like it like i should try that out i didn't realize as like a a person that grew up on the you know playstation 3 that like this is a fun thing i can play yeah uh so i mean that's what we're trying to like uh bring that to modern eyes essentially but so and i think what that means is typically like doing new things with something old yeah are you guys were there any other concepts that you were going to work on before leading up to Shovel Knights, or was that the initial first one that you guys wanted to shoot out? Uh, when we first started, we were actually thinking about making a phone game because we mm-hmm. were playing a bunch of phone games at the time and being like, oh, they are all terrible. On- when, they, <laughs> when they were really They're terrible, it's really hard to play a platformer on your phone. Yeah. Like maybe we should try to do it. And we tried it, and we were all like, oh, we hate playing games without a controller. Why are we doing this? <laughs> Uh, so, so we were like, well, let's, let's change that. And I mean, we were like making games on the side too. It wasn't, it wasn't like we were really focused on it. And then when we, we decided to leave way forward, we we're like, what do we actually want to make? Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's, I think that's where we landed with Shovel Knight. Hmm. And that was the first idea that you guys came up with when there wasn't anything else that you guys were brainstorming around? Nope. That was it. Awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's like a shot in the dark. <laughs> well, sort of. I mean, we we came off we came off making like Contra Four, like I said, Double Dragon Neon. We came make we came off making these like sequels or reimaginings uh, of NES games. Yeah. And so we were like, well, wouldn't it be cool if we just made one of those instead mm-hmm. of like trying to try to like do something? You know, we're like trying to make the game in this modern setting, but what if we tried to make a modern game in the old setting? <laughs> right. Right. Uh, so it, to us, it was like very natural evolution of what we were already doing. Right. Are you all still in disbelief at the success and popularity of the game series? 
Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> has it really has it really got into your head that like people are actually getting tattoos of Shovel Knight now? <laughs> uh, it's crazy. I mean, every I, we, what we talk about every day. I mean, we're adding all the these new games essentially to to Treasure Trove, the complete package. And every time, every day, we talk about like, is anyone going to play this? Is anyone going to play this? Probably not, right? <laughs> uh, it's it's so. I think it's really bizarre to us. Uh, especially because we came from way forward where not a lot of people were playing the games. <laughs> right, right. So to us, it's just like the, it just seems natural that, you know, everyone's going to pay attention to, you know, Grand Theft Auto or whatever other big game is coming out and they're going to miss us. <laughs> I mean, not only that, but you guys have made it to what is considered the Hall of Fame of games. And you know, to have Shovel Knights and Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, which is, am I correct that you guys are the only indie character, that is the only indie character in that game? Uh, we're, I, we're definitely the only assist trophy. I think I think other indie games have, like, stickers or other kind of... Right, but he, that character actually is, yeah, like you said, it's an assist trophy that actually comes out in, in 3D form. Yeah, <laughs> to attack you, and so it's like I mean, ju- just the fact that it's that notoriety is in that game because, like I said, uh, that was I, I talked to uh, Ruben Langdon, who's like the voice of uh, Dante from Devil May Cry, yeah. and he's also the voice of Kim Masters, and he just his character is now in the game too, and I'm like, this game is seriously becoming the literally the Mount Rushmore, if not the Hall of Fame <laughs> of video games right now because it has everybody in there, and to have an indie title that really. It has only been out, what, how many years have Shovel Knight been out now? It will be five years in June. That's really qu- still a short amount of time when you really think about it. That is phenomenal. You know, oh, I mean, we were we were blown away at the when we were told that they wanted to put, uh, when Sakurai wanted to put uh, Shovel Knight in the game, we were, I mean, it was just dumbfounding. It's, <laughs> it's it literally like, is immortalized at this point. It's such a huge honor. Uh, I mean, it really means, I mean, we... We were people that were playing that game every day, just being like, this is the coolest game. And then someone says, oh, I'm going to put you in that, in the coolest game that you play every day for fun. Right. It's like, to us, it's just like, what? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and not only that, but, you know, Nintendo is almost considered like the Disney of video games. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's like you guys got into Wreck-It Ralph in sort of <laughs> In some cases, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was—it's a huge, it's such a huge honor. Yeah, absolutely. So, I want to talk about the—I don't want to get in deep into financials or anything, but like the crowdfunding portion, yeah. which which helped lead you guys to where you guys at, thanks to the fans. Are you all beyond the point of crowdfunding now, or is it still an effective tool for you uh, to be able to develop? Uh, I don't think we're beyond it. I mean, we've talked a lot about what we would, if we did it again, how we would do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's we're we're still trying to pin down uh, what would make sense. But I think for us, the the financial part of it isn't as important to us as the marketing mm-hmm. and the, uh, um, just the way it creates a community around your game that's really excited about it. Yeah. Uh, that's what we really loved um, from Shovel Knight and and making these, uh, you know, making Plague of Shadows, Inspector Torment, and King of Cards. We sort of like missed that piece of it, just having this like core group of fans that's all in one place, ready to like, ready to talk about it and be excited about it. Um, so I think if we did it again, that's like what maybe what we want to focus on. Right. Um, and the and the money part of it would be like less important to us. Right. Right. 
Well, um, I can only imagine that you have the equipment and the technology to develop. It's just like you said, the marketing promotion, you know, the PR of it all. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think there's like there. I mean, there might come a point where we run out of money and we would need help. But... Being able to buy a booth. Yeah. <laughs> at, um, a, at, a, at a PAX or a E3 or whatever, you know, whichever comes first. Yeah. I mean, but we just did we did a lot of really fun stuff with the Kickstarter. Like, you know, we had developers for a day, which were really fun. And we had uh, we did design hangouts where we would uh, every everyone who backed at a certain level would like join in the hangout. And we talk about like what we're designing that week. Uh, and it was just really fun to have that kind of engagement with our fans. Um that uh during the development process it'd be fun to sort of replicate that right so it, as far as the crowdfunding again is it as it is this still a valuable tool or is it because I feel, I feel like it almost is plateaued to some extent especially last time i heard anybody really crowdfund was you suzuki and yeah. for shinmu yeah. for shinmu 3 it does seem like it's plateaued i'm not sure it's it's hard to say what um you know, like if we put another one up there, would it do really well or what? I don't know. Um, it does. I would hope it's still an effective tool for everyone just because, I mean, it was it was a huge help. I mean, I don't think we would be here without it. So, I don't know. Absolutely. Uh, you guys I came hope, at the right time, too. Go away. But, uh, yeah, um, it definitely does seem like there's not, you know, it used to be like it felt like every year they got bigger and bigger and bigger. And now it doesn't seem I don't, I'm not sure if it got smaller. It's just. Yeah, plateauing or what's going on. Right. Can you talk a little about when we talked about it? You know, you gave it a little, a little bit about like the expansion of uh, the club and how you guys have now you utilized different people for different things. But can you talk a little bit about the strategic planning that goes into the development of a character that which you believe that will attract a target demographic? I think uh, for us, it's usually like figuring out what the core of the game is going to be so uh like what's what's like drawing you and what are you thinking from moment to moment that makes it exciting Mm -hmm. um so like you know we've set out like core pillars like this is going to be an nes game uh this is going to have an nes aesthetic it's going to be like really simple and controls and then it's drilling down a little bit further being like well what could those like simple controls be and for shovel knight uh we thought well, we were playing a lot of Zelda 2 at the time, and we thought, well, that down thrust in Zelda 2 is really fun, like, uh, but it's it's really like limited in that game. You like you get it towards the end of the game, and it's uh, it feels like you could build the whole game out of that attack. Mm. Uh, so like, what would but what would work well with it? We can't just like make it only a down thrust game. So like, we were thinking like a one two punch. Like I would take I would do like a flipping action. Mm-hmm like a flip a beetle or turtle over and then expose its underbelly and I down thrust it. Uh, so that's where we came up with like the, what was a scoop, like a scooping action would flip something over. Right. Which yeah. to us felt like a shovel. Like that was the only, that was the only weapon that would fit like a scoop. And then, and then, <laughs> uh, and then we, you know, we were really inspired by the, the structure of Mega Man, just the eight, Mans, and we thought, well, why don't we set it in the medieval setting? Well, eight knights. Uh, there you go. When now, now we have our game. Let's go run it. <laughs> right, right. So. Uh, Definitely. David, thank you so much for taking the time. I got a couple more questions for you, but I just want to take the time to say thank you. This is absolutely awesome. And okay. you guys rock. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but um, the one off question, the added question I got to ask, uh, I have Blade Strangers. 
And, of course, Shovel Knight is in there, amongst other indie characters from NT Creates and such. Who did the designing for the Shovel Knight uh, character design in that game? It's like Saizen Sen or something like that. I think so. I would have to get my uh, Switch in order to... <laughs> um, but, yeah, they, I mean, they did it. They, they they put that together. They sent it over to us, and we're like, that looks rad as hell. <laughs> we're so happy. Uh, yeah, I mean, we... We said it would be like that. I mean, they showed us they're making like an anime look, you know, all these anime versions of these old games. Yeah. Uh, and we just thought, oh, yeah, that like, you know, make him like a big gruff dude. That'd be really cool. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that, I mean, they, they put that together and knocked it all apart. I liked it because all, all the characters in the game look box cover art worthy. Yeah. And when I saw Shovenite, I'm like, that looks like the front of a Capcom game. <laughs> right before you get to the extra so sprites. So, it's so cool. Yeah, it really is. But uh, have you guys actually, during a meeting or something, has the idea of a 3D game ever come to mind? Oh, yeah. I mean, what I mean when we talk about Shovel Knight, all we say is, like, we want to bring it through the ages. We want to make Shovel Knight and Super Shovel Knight and Shovel Knight 64, and that, oh, wow. would, be like, that would be the best if we had Shovel Knight 64. Oh, goodness, yes. Uh, I think we're I think we're definitely interested in making 3D games and like in the same way we like lifted the uh, the games from the you know NES era that like that gameplay we I think we'd want to do the same for the like 3D era like those early 3D games I think had a lot of a lot of cool ideas in them that like didn't really get explored right. uh, or like maybe people aren't aren't valuing as much these days mm-hmm. um, that we I think we'd love to do the same thing with them. Right. What would you say would be the biggest challenge that you guys had to encounter? The biggest challenge? Yeah. Uh, I mean, a big a big challenge uh, every day is just, like, uh, making sure uh, – just, like, just like keeping, keeping the, the ship running. <laughs> right, right. Just, like, making sure – oh, it's, like, how much money do we have? How much time do we have to make the game? Uh, are we going to be able to do that or this or, um, you know, like, are we going to, are we going to be able to like make this good in that amount of time, uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, those, like, those are the biggest challenges. I think, uh, you know, one of the biggest challenges coming from way forward was just sort of like, sort of along the same lines. It's just like we had made games as a team, as developers, but we didn't know how to really run a company. Yeah. Uh, So, (laughs) So learning how to do that, to be like, oh, we can run out of money? Oh, <laughs> you know, uh, like learning those lessons, I think, was like the trickiest thing for us. Right. So last question, if you can give any word of advice, because I get a lot of people who yeah. rather, because of the format of our show and, and the ACMG brand, which is anime, comics, movies and games. We got people who want to be actors. We got people who want to be game developers. We got people who want to be animators. And we have people who just want to be, you know, in being in the gaming industry. If I was to, if you were to give any word of advice for those who wanted to become a developer, what would you say? Uh, I mean, the, the, the biggest thing I think we say, and I'm sure a lot of people have said, is that, like, just try making a game. There's a lot of tools out there, uh, I think, like that are making it a lot really easy to make a game these days. I think going through the full process of making a game on your own, even if it's like, oh, I'm going to clone Snake or clone Pac-Man or clone mm-hmm. Tetris, 
but I'm going to like, I'm going to tweak like one or two things to try to make it slightly different and, you know, see how that can like one, like how, how do you like build a game from scratch and how, how does that feel? And like two, how does it feel to like really change a core thing in a game and how does that mess with it? And three, like, what is it, what is it actually like to go from beginning to end and finish something and, and show it to people and get that kind of reaction? Yeah. I think like having that full, that full loop of making a game uh, just makes it like one really easy, much easier to like, if you want to work somewhere, you got something to show right? Exactly. <laughs> that you did and show that you're like actually interested and you can finish something. And then two, like, like being able to touch every part of a game and learn about it, I think helps a lot from going from like a, someone who appreciates games to mm-hmm. someone who can actually like make them and realize what is goes into building all the ideas that like get mushed into a game. Right. Right. Now I wouldn't want to, you know, start any animosity within your internal uh, staff, but what educational uh, facility would be best to learn <laughs> game developing? Oh, I, you know what? I don't, I actually don't know. <laughs> uh, a lot of people here didn't really go to school for games that is good uh, to know, people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it depends a lot on your discipline, I think. Like yeah. oh, like art schools, I think you can learn the skills you need for art for yeah. many, you know, jobs. Uh, I think game design is, like, harder. It's like there, you probably need to figure out a game school to go to. Uh-huh. Um, like, a programming is, like, much more, like, g- general that you could probably, like, learn in any school. It's It could really depend a lot. I, I went to a liberal arts college, uh, so it's, like, really, really off the path of, like, focused on It's games. any direction but one, but at least you have yeah. a direction somewhere eventually. Um, yeah, so I think it depends a lot. I think it's, like, finding what makes sense for you, really. Um, and, but... I think if you like want to make games, it's like figuring out how to focus that thing in the direction that uh, will get you where you want to be. Awesome. Absolutely awesome. David, thank you so very much again for being on the show. What is next for you guys exactly? We got Cyber Shadow coming out. Anything else Anything else new coming? Uh, our uh, way? We got, yeah, we're, we're, we're working on King of Cards right now, which is the King Knight expansion mm-hmm. for Shovel Knight. And we're doing Shovel Knight Showdown, which is the... I cannot wait for that, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, local multiplayer brawler. Uh, it's really, really cool. Uh, yeah, we're just trying to get those out of the door and then move on to something new. Absolutely awesome. I'm, well, thank you guys for all that you've done. I mean, you guys worked your ass off to create something very special for the gaming community, and I can't thank you enough for not only being on the show, but just having the passion to do what you guys do. It's pretty awesome to see. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed this very special episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live exclusive. On behalf of myself and David D'Angelo, all I got to say is learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. We are out of here. Take care.
This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality.